You guys look awful. You really ought to get some sleep. We were up all night listening to a kazoo concert. Boy, how come I always hear about special stuff after it's too late? Hey, MASH fans, welcome back to another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me from across the pond, Simon. Uh, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 11, Episode 11, Strange Bedfellows. It's the 251st episode overall, directed by Mike Farrell, written by Karen Hall, originally aired on January 10th, 1983, and the production code is 9B07. You fellas look like walking advertisements for rigor mortis. You feeling all right? If only I had the strength to drop dead. If you two would stop carousing all night, you might feel better in the morning. For your information, Margaret, we went to bed at 10 o'clock last night. And at 10.15, 10.30... What are you talking about? Charles snores. We'd have gotten a better night's sleep at the front. Good morning. I wouldn't bring that up for a vote if I were you. Not unless you want to see a show of fists. Charles, for the sake of our sanity, which is iffy at best, why don't you go sleep someplace else tonight? What about the VIP tent? Sorry, boys. That room's got the Occupado sign out for my son-in-law tonight. Your son-in-law's coming here? <laughs> Who booked his trip? The Marquis de Sade travel agency? Nope. He's here on a business trip. And if Klinger gets the last of the red tape tied up, he'll be here today. I also have the plot summary. Colonel Potter discovers that his son-in-law has had an affair. Meanwhile, Charles snoring is keeping his tent mates from getting a good night's sleep. Coming! Oh, it's you. Oh, sorry to disappoint you, sir. I just thought you might be wanting your afternoon son-in-law. Bobby! Hey, Pop, it's oh, great to see you! Wonderful. <laughs> Klinger, why don't you take Bob's stuff over to the VIP tent? I'll show him the way later. Yes, sir. It will be an honor and privilege to carry civilian clothes. Look at you. You're spiffier than a petunia and a patch of chiggerweed. <laughs> you look pretty terrific yourself. You know, I always told Mildred, you keep an eye on that boy. He's going to be somebody one of these days. I seem to remember something in there about hell freezing over. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that was a long time ago, and we've both done a lot of growing up. Here, I got a present for you, Pop. Oh. Figured it'd be a handsome addition to your Zane Gray library. Oh. I picked them up at our factory in Seoul. We make all sorts of brass knickknacks there, mostly out of melted-down shell casings. It's too bad they can't skip the middleman, make the knickknacks, and throw away the bullets. <laughs> Thanks, son. That's very thoughtful of you. Sit down. And guest stars for this episode. Well, we have Dennis Dugan, who plays Robert Bob Wilson. Now, Dugan was born on September the 5th, 1946, in Illinois, USA, as Dennis Barton Dugan. He's an actor and director known for Happy Gilmore in 96, You Don't Mess With Zohan, 2008, and Big Daddy in 1999. Hmm, he was an Adam Sandler fan there. Yeah, probably the only one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just alienated so many listeners. Thanks. Yeah. Good, good job, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree I with you. I don't disagree with me. you. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we have Kelly Nakahara returning as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. Yay. Yeah. Very few guest stars in this one. Did Patton 
Will you please be sure to change Private Kutuski's dressing every four hours? Bless you. Charles, you sneezed. Please. That's right, you did. You sneezed. Gentlemen, how astute of you. Your years of medical schooling have not gone to waste after all. Flowers. Mm. An allergy. That could be causing your snoring. Where did these come from, I anyway? I picked them just this morning. They're blooming all over the place. Are you having trouble breathing? Actually, You I... know that could be why he's never snored before. Just take an antihistamine until the flower season the is gentleman over. Gentlemen and Margaret. As a physician, I am fully aware that pollen can cause certain allergic reactions, which in certain circumstances can lead to snoring. However, in this case, that cannot be the case. Why? Because I do not snore! Charles, what is the big deal about admitting it? A lot of people snore. A lot of people dribble soup on their chins and vote for Democrats. <laughs> hey, Doc, you snore. Did you ever try sleeping on your stomach? Hmm. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. Meds, why don't you start us off? Okay, I gave this 7 out of 10, which I don't... Uh, this is another one of those ones, you know, when you... You give it a number, and then you you think later on, why did I give it that? Uh-huh, um, yes. So I, hmm, I might change that to eight, actually. Um, I, I really enjoy the, the storyline with uh, Harry Morgan, with Potter and uh, Danny Stugan's character, Bob. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure why the hell... I don't think that would be allowed, that you could just <laughs> casually go and visit somebody, a, a civilian, <laughs> no matter who you are, yes, yeah. at a mass union. I, don't, I honestly don't think that, that would go on, but hey, let's not get too in that. I think it's really, I really like the fact that he loses his temper and he's going to phone up his daughter and, and tell her what's been going on. And then he suddenly has a change of heart. And the reason why he has a change of heart is that he's done something very similar himself. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, he's, his wife, Mildred, he, he says that he thinks she knew about it. And then, you know, she understood that. I suppose it'd be like being a rock and roll star or being an actor, you travel the world and sometimes these things happen. And of course, it has happened to Potter during the mass run in which he's had some affection with uh, uh, the uh, the um, showgirl lady. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, with Lil, which yeah. is, again, another wonderful episode and so well done. Um, so I think he realises that, that that's what goes on. And you can... And wonderful acting by Dennis Dugan here as well. You can see that with all the smiles and that, there is something clearly playing on his mind here. And I think that shows really well. I like the way it's all dealt with. I like the fact that he gives him the picture frame at the end of, mm-hmm. of saying, oh, you know, I hope you're still in this picture. And I do like that. I think it's, it's you know, it's, it's a, it shows how... And I like the fact as well that they don't like each other, you know, when they first met. They both didn't like each other. <laughs> and they over the time of them being as a family, they've got to know each other and respect each other. And I think that's what really hurts Potter yeah. more than anything, you know. Yeah. And one of these things as well where we don't really hear much about Potter's daughter, um, but we hear enough about her in, in this episode. Though the other story with Charles snoring is, is it's a fun it's a fun bit of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't quite understand what this whole thing as well about Charles saying, is he really a, a Winchester because he's snoring? He's so stupid. He's laughable. It's, it's, yes, and it's it's I that agree. laughable where you you know, it, it, it kind of um it's like what we said before about uh, Charles's when he falls clearly falls in love, I think we'll say with the yeah. French, uh, with the French nurse. Um, I think she was a nurse. Um, that whole thing of the fact his family wouldn't accept again. This is just bull, and yeah. it, it really, it really doesn't go into character with it. Still, it's fun. The whole thing with Potter when he goes to chat with Mulcahy, and then with Charles chatting to Mulcahy, he's brilliant. <laughs> the fact that that uh, William yep. Christopher like goes at him with you know, yep. which is again another one of those Charles things where he goes and puts his foot in it, which I kind of thought we might have moved slightly away from. But hey. You know, if, you, if you're new to MASH and you're coming in with this episode, it, it gives you exactly what you want out of the Charles episode. It, it's, yeah. it's really quite good. Um, everybody telling Charles that he does snore. He's <laughs> wonderful. And then 
And then with BJ talking in his sleep and the fact that both Hawkeye and Charles look at each other with disdain is is brilliant. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna up it to an eight out of ten because I think there's there's some funny bits in there which is quite nice. You know, if you get away, if you move away from being a reviewer, which yeah. is what we are for these episodes, and concentrate more on the uh, Dennis Duggan and, and uh, Morgan's uh, characters, uh, I think it deserves an eight. All right, cool. I mean, you said everything I had in my notes. I actually gave it a seven mm. as well. Seven out of ten. Okay. I, oh, right. I did, uh, yeah, I did. Uh, and I think I'll give it a seven and a half because I think you okay. convinced me it, it definitely has has some some you know some worthy moments. I loved the whole Father Mulcahy scenes. That was yeah. huge notes of those. I love that Father Mulcahy blew up at Winchester, uh, and as you <laughs> said, Winchester just you know shoving that foot further and further in. <laughs> uh, I liked I liked the storyline. I thought the same thing. I'm like, how is this? How is a son-in-law visiting a mass unit that's so close to battle? You know, they yeah. can bug out at any second, and he just kind of casually comes by and says, "Hey, pops, how's it going?" Mm. Which just doesn't make sense to me. But you know, it, it worked for the story. Uh, I did like watching Potter struggle with things. You know, like yeah. you said, he was he was so I mean, he was furious, and he, he was going to call his you know, his uh, daughter and just spill the beans. and mm. But then he thought better of it. And I like that he actually discussed it with, you know, with the son-in-law. And, that, and I like that that was Father McKay's advice was to talk to yeah. him. You know, don't go half-cocked and go crazy. Talk to him, find out what's going on before you, you know, start making accusations. Even though adultery, yeah. there's no excuse for it. So, I mean, he made a mistake. And, and he, he mm. genuinely looked... Like he was disappointed in himself. Yeah, he was like you know, BJ when, when BJ did that, wasn't yes. it? As well, where yes. you know you, you kind of you, you you both know that really you, you, you know you'd want to. I mean, I haven't been in this situation, but I, I imagine that you, you have guilt, and sometimes sharing that guilt it relieves it. Yeah. But of course, if you're sharing it with the person that you've cheated on, you're just hurting them. So it, it, you know, in in that aspect, you're probably better off not saying anything, especially yeah. something so far away, like in Korea. Yeah, you know, you, they, what they don't know doesn't matter. But I suppose someone like um, uh, Mildred knows, you know, yeah. better than anybody. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah. But I mean, but but Henry Morgan's acting again is incredible when he's on the phone mm. to his daughter, and you know, th- those are hard to act because there's no one on the other line talking. You know, so you're acting no. to no one. But, you know, he gets the watery in his eyes and his voice cracks a little bit oh. when he's talking to her. As soon as as soon as he does that, the watery eye bit, <laughs> you know it's worth, it's worth the rating itself. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how he does it. I mean, he's a veteran actor. You know what I mean? He's called acting at the end of the day. But still, you know. No, and it, just oh, that. No. Yeah, I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about because he does it so well mm. when it's called for. And it, he, he he can crack his voice, and it, that's difficult to do for any okay. actor is to crack your voice to make it. You're so upset that you have that little crack, and then he has the waters that you know the eyes are they're just brimming with about to, to, a tear about to fall. And I'm like, he's just incredible. So yeah, <laughs> loved loved those moments. I loved, uh, yeah, I you know I yeah seven and a half definitely seven and a half eight. It was, the more I talk about it, the more I actually realize, you know, Potter definitely. Mm. Save this episode for me. Just his acting. Leave it. Leave it at seven and a half. Because it's always nice when you yeah. do a lower one than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll leave it at seven and a half. Yeah, it was. Okay, it was entertaining. Yeah. It had some really good Father Mulcahy moments. It had some amazing Potter moments, and I liked the whole snoring thing. I loved when the camp when he's like, "I don't snore," and the, they light up the whole background, <laughs> the entire camp standing around and suggest you do. Yeah, <laughs> loved uh, just those. Like you said, this was all comedy. 
the, there was a serious story with Potter, and this was the comedic side of everything. And it balanced, I think, very well between the two storylines. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, definitely an enjoyable episode. Colonel, by any chance, was there something else you wanted to talk to me about? Oh, since you bring it up, there is. Uh, come Sunday morning, it might not be a bad idea if you put away all that baloney about the one-legged man in the wheelbarrow and preach some good old-fashioned values. You could start with a refresher course on the Ten Commandments. Hmm. Something tells me you uh, have a particular favorite. You bet I do. Earlier today, I found out that while my son-in-law was in Tokyo on business, he had himself uh, a rendezvous. With a woman? No, with a plate of turnip greens. I'm sorry, Padre. It's not your fault my daughter married a jackass. This rendezvous... Uh... Are you sure it took place? I got a call from the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. They said Mrs. Wilson had left her fancy silk nightgown there. Mrs. Wilson right now is back home in Missouri, slaving over a hot stove, cooking dinner for my grandson. Oh, dear. Who knows how long this kind of thing has been going on? This is just one I happened to catch. I should have gone with my first instinct. This boy is a two-faced scoundrel. Where are you going? To call Evie. I'm not going to sit by and watch her be made a fool of. Oh, Colonel, before you do anything you might end up regretting, why don't you just take a moment to calm down and think this over? Perhaps you should talk to your son-in-law about it. Whose side are you on? I thought adultery earned an express ride right downstairs. Look, I'm not condoning what he did, but... I've lived in a war zone for a long time now, and I've seen the Sixth Commandment take quite a beating. It doesn't necessarily mean the end of a good marriage. We're not talking about some lonely soldier who's been stuck over here for a year. This is a traveling salesman who's only been away for one week. And it's not some army wife I never met. It's my daughter! IMDb give it a rating of seven point one. Um, so they That's they were rough. Angry. well because like yeah, but they can't change their minds like we just had. That's true. That is true. <laughs> You're one hundred percent correct. Yes, we both gave it a seven, which was yeah more in line with what IMDb said. Uh, I'm afraid there is the possibility, slim though it be, that I huh? snore, snore. Oh, good heavens, Major! What? courage it took to admit that. I'm afraid you don't understand. See, all my life I have harbored a secret dread that I may not be worthy of my name, that I'm not good enough to be Winchester. What if all this malarkey is true and that I do snore like a common factory worker? What if that's just the tip of the iceberg? Uh, what if there are even more vulgar traits lurking just underneath the surface? Today, snoring. Tomorrow, sitting in front of a TV with a cold brew, watching roller derby. What if, perish the thought, I am actually the same as everybody else? I couldn't live with that. Well, Major, I certainly am glad you've confided in me. This shows me a dimension of you that I have never fully appreciated. Well, thank you, Father. Speaking as one whose ancestors were factory workers, 
and who likes a roller derby and a good brew. Uh, do I understand you to say that if you can't be better than me, then there's no point in living? Well, now, don't take it personally, Father. Why should I take it personally? By the way, did I ever tell you about the time I was thrown out of the seminary dorm for snoring? Oh. The truth of the matter is, you're not superior to any of us, whether you snore or not. And at times like this, I'm not even sure you're equal. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have more important things to worry about than your snoring. I didn't say I snored, merely that I was accused of it. Major, your attitude gives me the willies. Well, this is certainly the last time I ever come to you with a serious problem. I'm still waiting for the first time. Let's move on to some behind the scenes here. Uh, Dennis Dugan, who plays Colonel Potter's son-in-law, appeared in season three, Love and Marriage, as the unscrupulous Private McShane. Oh, he did look familiar. Yeah. I yeah. must admit, he did look familiar. Um, the title referred to the common expression, politics makes strange bedfellows, commentating on the odd compromises and partnerships that come in the political arena. This is Mike Farrell's last episode that he directed. When his son-in-law arrives and Potter searches his tent for the picture frame, a federal tax manual from 1958 is seen on his bookcase, despite the war ending in 1953. Oops. I don't know who saw that. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. <laughs> wow, fair play. The eagle, eagle eye viewers. Yeah. In Melkol again, it is established that Colonel Potter has only one child, which is a son. In this episode, he has a married daughter as well. Yeah, I did, I did say that, didn't I? That seems, yeah. It seems a bit yeah. weird. Hello, that you, Evie? It's your dad, honey. How are you? No, no, I'm fine. I just needed to talk to you about something. No, Bob's fine, too. He's, uh, well, he's asleep right now. Oh, well, he would have been here with me, but uh, wouldn't you know it? By the time the operator finally got through, he had turned in. Just tuckered out from all that traveling, I suppose. Evie, uh... I was wondering, is everything okay with you and Bob? Well, that's good. Oh, it's just that he was telling me about some flap over a, a pony for Stuart. Oh, well, I must have misunderstood then. But I just want you to know that I think a pony's a, a wonderful idea. Wouldn't hurt you to get some exercise too. And tell Stuart I have a saddle for him when he gets bigger. Yeah, I'll be sure to tell him. Yeah, he, he really misses both of you, too. Well, I better go. What? Oh, nothing really. Uh, just that I love you. Yeah, that's all. Give Stu a big hug for me. Okay, honey. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, I have the fun fact. Uh, Elias Davis, who uh, with David Pollock wrote Blood Brothers, tells this story in TV's MASH, The Ultimate Guy book. A story I heard from Sheldon Keller, who also wrote a few episodes of MASH, was that a friend had gone to an ophthalmologist for an eye exam accompanied by another friend. The doctor asked the second friend, since he was there, if he'd like to have his eyes examined also. And when the doctor looked into the second friend's eyes, he found cancer. I was floored by that story. Wow. Uh, life is like that. Cool and ironic. The story stayed with me. And many years later, as we were talking about a healthy GI and a wounded GI coming to the mass unit and the healthy GI I wanted to give blood, that whole story popped into my head. And I said something like, and they look at the healthy GI's blood 
so they can do a match, but he has leukemia. Now, that was the uh, Patrick Swayze episode, wasn't that it? That was the Patrick, yeah. That's a really, yeah. really good episode. Come in. Morning. Oh, hiya, Pop. Your Jeep's outside. Thought I'd see you off. Hey, thanks. Well, I'm all set to go. Bob, uh, can you spare a moment to talk? Oh, uh, sure. Uh... Sit down. I got a little story I think maybe you should hear. It's something I've never told anybody before. Happened a long time ago. I was just finishing up my residency, and I was about to start my first job at the VA in Springfield. Mildred went ahead to set up housekeeping, and I stayed behind St. Louis. One night, I was coming off a real late shift, and there was this nurse who had been working with me. Well, we were both hungry. And the thought of having a little something to eat together certainly seemed harmless enough at the time. After that, she suggested a nightcap at her place. And, well, things got a little friendlier than they should have. When I caught up with Mildred, I felt so bad. I couldn't look her in the face for a week. She never let on she suspected anything, but somehow I always felt maybe she sensed what had happened. It took me a long time to get over it. And I decided I never wanted to live with that kind of guilt again. There isn't much that can make you feel worse than betraying the love of a good woman. How'd you know? That's not important. The thing is, no matter how well you keep a secret, there'll always be one person who knows. You. All right, trivia time. Last episode's question. What is the name of the episode where the crew buries the time capsule? And the answer is, as time goes by. Mm. This episode's trivia question. To whom was the episode, as time goes by, dedicated to? There was a dedication in that episode. If you know the answer, go ahead and email us at mash4077podcast at gmail.com. I never meant for it to happen. We met on the plane, we had a, a couple of drinks together, and, and, she, and she started flirting with me, and before I knew it, oh, hell, Pop, I knew what I was doing. I've been feeling like dirt ever since. Nothing like this has ever happened before, if that'll make you feel any better. How I feel about it isn't what matters. I really love Evie. And I love Stuart, and I would never do anything to hurt him. I never meant to hurt you either. I would give anything if this hadn't happened. I know. Surprised you didn't tear me limb from limb. Came this close. But, well, I realized there was no sense in ruining three people's lives over one slip-up. We all do things we could kick ourselves for. Thanks, Pop. Here, I, I finally found this. It's just lovely. 
You sure you still want me to have it? I'm sure. I just hope you'll always be in the picture. You can find MASH 4077 Podcast all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 Podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash 4077 podcast or just type in mash 4077 podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash 4077 podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to mash 4077 podcast all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at patreon, patreon.com slash geekyfanboy. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I think it we actually talked herself into a higher rating, which is always nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. Oh, no, you don't. I am sick and tired of playing this game once and for all. I do not snore. Now, are you convinced? Eh? Gentlemen, the fact that I am leaving is in no way an indication that I am dignifying this stupidity with a response, but merely that I am sick and tired of being subjected to your pubescent whims. I don't care why you're leaving as long as you're leaving. Go suck a grenade! (laughs) One word about my stomach and you'll be busted. First your rank, then your knees. And good night to you, sir. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Mash fans, now as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast, and we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world, so if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. MASH 4077 Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license, all rights reserved.